0: you're listening to the locked on broncos podcast hosted by cody rourke your daily broncos podcast Denver Broncos have a new pass rusher who has an amazing story that we're going to tell. Could he be potentially the fourth edge rusher for the team? We dive into that. Plus, we talk about some of the storylines that we're monitoring throughout Phase 2 of the offseason program into training camp as it relates to several positions and players. Plus, we talk about how the Broncos offense in 2021 can create more mismatch opportunities. All on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown Interfield Network your team every day from the south stands to the end zone i'm your host as always cody rourke director of video content at pro football network and broncos analyst for the lockdown nfl network you can catch me here on the podcast five days a week at lockdown broncos on twitter on the youtube channel make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you're following the podcast on your favorite podcast provider apple podcast google podcast spotify and our good friends over there at Odyssey. But Broncos Country, very blessed to be back with you here once again. Yesterday's episode of the show was Twitter Tuesday. If you missed yesterday's episode of the show, we dove into some topics that Broncos fans had. We broke down the hiring of Kelly Klein, the executive director of football operations for the team, and how her role can maybe impact the organization going forward, not to mention the NFL landscape. Go check that out on your favorite podcast provider or on YouTube. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, it would mean the world to me if you'd hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Broncos YouTube channel. Make sure you like the video, you comment for the algorithm. I'd love you forever more so than I already do. But let's get into our Broncos news and notes, the story of the day. The Broncos over the weekend, I first reported it on Sunday. The Broncos, they have signed outside linebacker Pita Tamopenu, and he is a former six-round draft pick from the San Francisco 49ers, He attended a tryout this past week as the Broncos rookie minicamp was ongoing. The team decided to sign him, and he's got a chance, in my opinion, to maybe be that fourth edge option behind Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, and Malik Reed. The Broncos, they've been looking for that guy, and he's got a motor to him. He's got a really incredible story. Um, I was able to report the news over the weekend, uh, and I did a little bit more background after I was told about the signing, but... This is a player that that is exciting. I mean, the, the potential that he has is exciting. He's never really gotten a tremendous opportunity to showcase what he can do. The Broncos, they've seen him up close and personal a couple of times in preseason. Obviously, some joint training camp practices in the past and a preseason game. Uh, a lot of talent, and he's an athletic specimen. He's 27 years old, 255 pounds of just muscle, but... I wanted to dive into his story because I feel like his story is really intriguing, especially if you're a Utah Utes fan, you know exactly what his story is. So if you're listening to this podcast, it's going to be no surprise to you. But I want you to get to know Peter Tamupenu and maybe how he can maybe be the next guy for the Broncos. So his senior year of high school, he lived in Tonga. He came over from Tonga to the U.S. and he went to Temp View High School in Utah. That was his first year ever playing football. First year, his senior year. And this is the crazy part about it. In his first year ever playing the sport, he registered 25 sacks and he helped Tempview win the state championship at the 4A level. So I want you to rewind that for a moment. Okay. Think about this first year ever playing the sport of football. He comes in, has 25 sacks in his only year playing. Obviously, it's going to raise eyebrows amongst scouts all across uh, the country. Um, you know Utah, obviously, being his background, where he was at in his backyard, they saw that and they said, hey, we got to get this guy. And obviously, he had 21 and a half sacks in his time as a Utah Ute, fast, physical. And when he came into the NFL in the sixth round from the San Francisco 49ers, they were running a scheme that wasn't a 3-4, it was more of a 4-3. So he played some defensive end. He's not really a defensive end type guy, even though he can play it He's more suited to be, I think, what the Broncos need in a 3-4 style. He could play outside backer. He could play inside backer. So I'm really excited to see what Reggie Herring, the Broncos inside backer coach, can do with a player like this. And also on the outside edge, he's going to work and rotate there. He's got a chance to be that fourth guy uh, behind Malik Reed, Bradley Chubb, and Vaughn Miller. But some more background, really for him, growing up in Tonga, he played rugby, he played cricket. So the rugby background probably helped him out coming into the NFL. I mean, coming into high school football College football. And then obviously the NFL, he's got that, that tenacity there, but he had to learn English. He had to learn the culture of being in America when he came to America his senior year. And he had to learn about football in a short span of time. But when you have the physical traits, and you have the high IQ and the just the motor, and that's something that many people close to him have told me he's got a relentless motor he can be a contributing factor at some point. He just hasn't had the opportunity to do so, and he had a massive hit just a few seasons ago on Tyler Lockett. If you YouTube it, you'll obviously see it, but, I mean, he's a big, fast, physical guy that can run at 255 pounds. That's a great thing to have there. But he graduated from Utah as an economics major. But back in 2017, I was told this by a source that Peta was actually the number one undrafted target on the Broncos list if he were to go undrafted. He was originally projected to go undrafted, but he went six-round to san francisco so the broncos had interest in him so now they get a little bit of a chance to look at him up close and personal vic fangio has some former 49ers ties there i'm not sure that really mattered in 2017 but wanted you to keep an eye on that but he fits better in the 3-4 scheme and i've been told that he has legitimate bandit you know his first step off the line of scrimmage he's got the ability to contort his body to a manner that von miller does so I'm not saying he's going to be the next Von Miller, but he's got the opportunity if he can tally and register these traits and convert that into the on-field product where coaches are seeing that he's having success and it's not costing him in terms of his assignment, he's going to have a chance to make this football team. So keep an eye on Pita Tamopenu here, but throughout his career, he's been re- you know released by the 49ers going into the 2019 offseason. He spent time with the Cardinals. He was buried on their depth chart. And then he ended up on the Seattle Seahawks practice squad in 2019. And then the Falcons practice squad here recently in 2020. And he was active for one game. So he's really been buried behind a majority of players. But now he's got an opportunity coming in where the Broncos have some ambiguity questions surrounding who's going to be that fourth outside linebacker. We'll see if Tamu Penu has an opportunity to do that. I'm excited about his his prospects, watching his tape. He's going to be a fun player to watch in training camp. I'm going to be sure to try to get an interview with him. But his story is incredible. I, I still can't get over the fact that his senior year of high school, 25 sacks, and he had four sacks in the state championship game that helped seal the win in overtime for his team. So what a tremendous accomplishment. What a tremendous welcome to football moment for PETA, Tamu Penu. But, Broncos Country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into some of the storylines that we're keeping our eyes on throughout phase two of the offseason program and even into training camp for some positional battles and just some storylines in general. You know how we are here. But before we do that, folks, I have to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode of the show. That's our good friends over there at Nugenix. So, hey, Broncos fans, listen up. Nugenix, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. And to get your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total T, all you got to do is text draft to 231-231, and this unique man-boosting formula is powered by testophan which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels, which increases your energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, if you text now, they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back into shape absolutely free. All you got to do is text DRAFT to 231-231. That's DRAFT to 231-231. Message and data rates may apply. And Broncos fans, as we continue on with today's episode of Locked On Broncos, I got to throw a little bit of a shout out to our good friends over there at Locked On Avalanche and Locked On Nuggets. Both the Nuggets and Avs are in the playoffs. And the Avs, they won game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got to check out Locked On Avs for all the latest news, content, and analysis as to the Avalanche's hopeful run for a Stanley Cup championship. That's going to be the big thing we're keeping an eye on here. And also the Denver Nuggets, they will host the Portland Trailblazers this weekend at Ball Arena Adam Montez and Matt Moore have you covered with all the pick and roll action on the Denver Nuggets. Chris Maselli has you covered with the latest on the ice with the Colorado Avalanche. But let's get into our Broncos storylines that we're looking at through phase two of the off-season program into training camp. And I think first things first, we got to talk about this because this was the talk on social media. The Broncos posted, you know, the promotional clips of all the players being back on the field. And the one thing that people are noticing they're talking about, I, I hinted at it yesterday on the show. Drew Locke appears to have changed his stance as a quarterback when he's in the shotgun. Now, I wanted to talk about this for a variety of reasons. This may be something that helps him. It may be something that doesn't help him at all. But it is a big talking point amongst Broncos fans. And I kind of want to bring the football side of it. And Tim Jenkins is also a great resource, too. If you're looking at quarterback mechanics and terminology and lingo He's got all the the stuff that you need. Tim Jenkins, elite, he does a phenomenal job there. But for Drew Locke debuting a new stance and foot placement, often at times we'd see his right foot back or sometimes his right foot would be forward in the shotgun, which means that he's leaning back on his left leg if his right foot is forward. Now, usually on there, that that requires you to take some more steps in your drop back, but what we saw him transition to, and a couple of fans have actually shown side-by-sides, Drew Locke's stance and Peyton Manning's stance, it appears that Drew Locke has emulated Peyton Manning's stance in the shotgun a little bit, which, I mean, it could go a variety of ways. Yes, even if he carries it over from Peyton Manning, maybe because they've been working together this offseason, Peyton said, hey, this is what helps me feel more comfortable. Peyton Manning's gone through, and he's watched film on Drew Locke, so he's offered that advice as to what he sees, how he can adjust to it, and maybe we're seeing that carry over. Is it going to say that Drew Locke's going to come out and put up all pro numbers this upcoming season? It's not going to guarantee that. There's nothing guaranteed. But maybe a change in technique could be something that he's used to because often one of the biggest flaws and one of the biggest criticisms I think many people have had, including myself of Drew Locke's play, often is related to his footwork at times. Now, sometimes he has a tendency like a jump shot when he's dropping back, and we saw it too, a couple passes to Cortland Sutton week two against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that deep ball down the left sideline. Drew is pretty much backpedaling. He's, he's taking his drop back, and then he's throwing it. But he's throwing it while leaning backwards. His momentum is carrying him back, and the ball still travels very far. But if Drew can have his feet set in place without any drift or lean back, and he can deliver that, just imagine maybe the type of productivity that he can have, the type of accuracy that he would have. But a lot of the inaccuracy issues that Drew Luck has often are related to his footwork. And sometimes he's too wide in his base at times, and we see him to go to throw. There's no weight planted on that back foot. So obviously the ball's not going to travel as far as you want it to. And that was an issue that we saw in some of the short intermediate passes that Drew threw in 2020. But you know, this is an opportunity for Drew to grow. Look, and like I said, it's going to be a competition. We're going to talk about Drew Locke. We're going to talk about Teddy Bridgewater, Brett Rippon, um, and Case Koukis. He's going to be a fourth quarterback on the roster in terms of being there in training camp. The Broncos, they signed him off of a tryout uh, just last week. But uh, not much of a role expected for him. Maybe a practice squad role, maybe an emergency quarterback, just in case if COVID is still impacting us the way that it was last year depending on how things open up in communities. The Broncos may go with that route of having four quarterbacks, not on the active roster, but in an emergency situation, we could see it. But more than likely, this is just an opportunity to get Kukas some reps In terms of training camp in the preseason, maybe to catch on with another team, which I love the fact that the Broncos are doing that. But back to our topic of discussion here with Drew, we're going to focus on those two quarterbacks, Drew and Teddy. And if some other quarterback magically comes to fruition post-June 1st, post-June 2nd, at any point, we'll obviously talk about it. But I don't want to spend too much time focusing on players that are not on this football team. I think fans deserve a lot more because you go on social media. All it is, is Aaron Rodgers talk this, Aaron Rodgers talk that, what trade package can the Broncos send to get Aaron Rodgers? That takes away from what's going on with the team right now. So I don't want to do that here on the podcast. So I appreciate those of you who haven't bombarded me with Aaron Rodgers' questions. If that obviously happens, we'll talk about it. We'll break it down. You, you know you get that here. But uh, for Drew, yes, it's an opportunity for him to continue to improve and grow. And really kind of shut out the noise. And Melvin Gordon did a, an interview with the NFL Total Access podcast. And he says that he believes that we're going to see a different Drew Locke this season, which Being a teammate, yes, you always want to support your guy, but there were times last year when I think Melvin Gordon even said that he's got to learn how to be a pro because Melvin Gordon was used to playing with Phillip Rivers. And Drew Locke's a young guy. Okay, I'm not going to sit here and try to make excuses for Drew. If you've listened to this podcast, you know that I've been very – vocal about the fact that drew needs to improve he can play better but it's also at the same time you can't just give up on him right so i don't have any side of the fence that i'm leaning on just kind of in the middle like hey this is how it's going to be because i understand that background as a player as somebody who's been in a football evaluation of managing a roster I mean, that's just the thought processes that come through my head. So we'll see about that, whether or not the new stance, it will lead to better footwork and obviously lead to better play by Drew Locke. It's going to be a storyline we're going to follow all throughout training camp. But one of the other ones, too, is the inside linebacker position. And one thing that Mike Kliss of Nine News Denver had put out there is that Justin Stern is going to be pushing Josie Jewell for maybe that starting spot at linebacker. And, you know, there's going to be a little bit of an open competition. Josie Jewell, obviously a veteran guy returning, stepped up for the Broncos in a big way. I think you can make the argument that Jewell is probably the most improved player On the Broncos roster last season from the defensive side of the ball, I was really impressed with how he stepped up and he performed. But Justin Sternit is a player we have not yet seen in a Broncos uniform outside of training camp last year where he had that wrist injury, the ligament that had to get repaired, and obviously he missed a whole entire year. But he's a very cerebral guy, and he's been chopping at the bit. So throughout phase two, you're going to be taking a look at guys in a coaching and a teaching pace, nothing that's full speed, no contact, nothing like that. It's how you retain the information. It's how you go through your drills, how you perform. That's going to be how your coaches evaluate you. But when training camp comes, there's competition. And you want to make the most of those opportunities. Now, imagine Stern is going to get some reps with the first team because that's something that Vic Fangio and the Broncos, they've done. They've rotated some of these young guys, even rookies, undrafted rookies with the first team just to see, hey, can these guys play? Justin Stern, the Broncos, they've had him in that locker room for over a year in that position room through meetings. He's going to be ready from the mental side of things of knowing the playbook. But now it's about going out there and carrying out the physical product. So for Sternid, the competition there at the linebacker position, it's going to be something we're looking at. And obviously Baron Browning rotating into the mix as well. I mean, the Broncos view him highly. I talked about it a couple days ago on the podcast. I really enjoyed watching how quick he was to pick things up. I mean, when you look at him doing position drills, and oftentimes at linebackers, there's going to be the stance where you're going to Boom, you're going to read run. You're going to drop back to pass. It's just about reaction and timing. He's got very quick feet. He's got really fluid hips. And if he can retain the information and learn the playbook quick enough, he's going to find himself into a role, whether it be on special teams right away, but he can find himself rotating for the Broncos on defense, and especially in some sub packages, maybe the nickel or the dime. There's a lot of opportunities that the Broncos have. And I think having a lot of this depth here that the Broncos have built this offseason is going to put them in a position where they don't have to worry about it. And if something happens, as a guy goes down, they are confident in the players that they have to be able to step up. So we're keeping an eye on that. One of the final storylines we're going to keep an eye on throughout training camp and obviously phase two and entering phase three of the OTAs and mandatory minicamp coming up is Deontay Spencer's kick return and punt return job safe and secure. Now this was a discussion I was having with some members of the DMVR community on their discord. Love the DMVR community, by the way, and what they have going on. I wear my DMVR shirts, uh, you know, everywhere. But if you're looking at the shirt that I'm wearing right now on YouTube, It's the Don't Be a Filthy Casual, just a little bit of an inside joke here. Lockdown Broncos, this shirt will be made available next week. We'll obviously post a link here in the YouTube channel description for you to be able to get your hands on a shirt. It's been very popular since we released it, and we want to open it up to more people. So, uh, but Deontay Spencer, kick return, punt return for him. I, I feel like this is his job. I feel like he's got it secure because the Broncos, they brought him back. He signed his exclusive rights tender. So that means that they envision him being the guy because he has been the best Broncos kick return, punt return option since Trendon Holiday. And he hasn't given you nearly the issues in terms of that Holiday had it with fumbling the ball. Spencer's been very reliable. That's been an issue that Denver's had since that is they've had returners that just can't hold on to the football. Omar Bolden was pretty good for Denver. But obviously, he didn't last long in terms of being a Denver Bronco at that point uh, because of the fact that he was just buried on the safety depth chart. But he was a special teams contributor. Deontay Spencer, a lot of people are looking at his position on the wide receiver depth chart as kind of a factor as to where he's going to end up. I think the the kick return, punt return job is his. Now, obviously, the Broncos have guys, and you're going to see it in the preseason. It's not just going to be Spencer returning kicks. You're going to get guys like Seth Williams, Tyree Cleveland, who filled in last year. Kerry Vincent Jr. more than likely is going to be one of those options. Some of the running back guys, Levante Bellamy in camp, he's going to get some opportunities to return some kicks and punts. Outside of that, though, I, I don't see Deontay Spencer's job being in danger, and I really wanted to touch on that because it was a burning question I think Broncos fans had. What's, this, what's the status of Deontay Spencer? I think he's going to be the guy, so I'm not necessarily worried about that. But Broncos country, coming up here in just a moment, we're going to get into the conversation and how the Broncos could create some more mismatch opportunities on the offensive side of the ball in 2021. Coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, I got to tell you about the two sponsors of today's episode the show. That's our good friends over there, betonline.ag and our good friends over there at Bilt Bar. Starting things off with betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and the NBA playoffs are this weekend. The NHL playoffs are ongoing and you can track all the action at BetOnline. So before the next pitch, head to BetOnline on your laptop or your mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information that they have you don't have to sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code locked on that's one word locked on bet online your online sportsbook experts and our good friends over there at built bar the best tasting protein bar on the market bar none It is exactly what you need when you need a pick-me-up. And the thing I like about Bilt Bar, tastes just like a candy bar because the bars, they're made out of 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. When I take a bite into it, I don't feel like I'm breaking my tooth like I am when I take a bite into some other protein bars. And the issue is taste. With the other protein bars that I've tasted, they taste like cardboard. I don't like it. Bilt Bar, I actually take a bite into It tastes legitimately like a candy bar. I use double chocolate, peanut butter, brownie, salted caramel. Those are just some of my favorite flavors, but they also have coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, and also mint brownie. And they have the occasional limited time flavor that you could take advantage of as well. And you can get your hands on a box of Bilt Bar today by going to BiltBar.com using promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Bilt Bars are healthy for you as well. They contain 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar. And like I said, if you go to BiltBar.com right now and you add it to the cart, You go to login, enter promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Jumping into the fourth quarter of today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast if you're watching us right now on YouTube. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. You like the video, you comment, and I'll interact with you as well. We'll do some live premieres, but if you comment in the comment section, I'll be happy to engage with you. Also, if you're listening on your favorite podcast provider, but you're not yet subscribed or following the show, you need to change that right now on Apple Podcast. Google Podcast, Spotify, and the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. But one of the important topics I wanted to get to on today's episode of the show was how can the Broncos' offense create some more mismatch opportunities in 2021 on offense? Well, there's been a trend. The Broncos have invested in some size at the wide receiver position This year and some wide receiver news and notes quickly before we get into this conversation. Deshaun Hamilton, according to Mike Kliss, he had reported that Deshaun Hamilton waived the non-football injury, which is a procedural move to revert to when he's placed on the reserved non-football injury list. And there is no determination yet, according to Kliss, on how his non-football injury away from the team facility affects possible, if any, settlement that he chooses to pursue. So we'll keep an eye on that in regards to Deshaun Hamilton. But the Broncos, they've gotten some size, obviously, with Cortland Sutton, with Tim Patrick. You have six foot four, six foot five guys that you can move on the inside, you can move on the outside. Dever didn't have both of those guys really at the same time last year because a lot of people forget that Cortland Sutton didn't play week one. Against the Tennessee Titans. So you saw Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick really step up there. We saw Tim Patrick step up in a big way for the Broncos last season. And I've thought to myself, too, with the dynamic that the Broncos offense has in terms of personnel, with Jerry Judy's route running ability and also the speed that he has, not to mention KJ Hamler and Tyree Cleveland being one of those under-the-radar type guys, he's he's bigger than most people give him credit for. He can go up and get some passes for you too. How come Denver doesn't utilize the size of their wide receivers in some of these one-on-one matchups against smaller guys? And I think when you have the personnel, especially if the Broncos are running out of 11, and you're going against a DB who's lined up in the slot, who's short, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to move Tim Patrick inside to the slot. He can play that. He did that for the Broncos in various plays in the last couple of years. He was able to play on the outside. He was able to play on the inside. And Denver's got to go to that more, whether it be with Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Albert Kuei or Tim Patrick. I'm telling you, Denver in those situations, we talked about it with Noah Fant on yesterday's episode of the show, Twitter Tuesday. We were asked, how can the Broncos utilize Noah Fant more? I said it. You get him on the outside, just like you did in the Kansas City Chiefs game on Sunday Night Football last year, and you get him with a one-on-one. If that corner's playing press on the inside, you know what I'm doing? I'm tapping my helmet. I'm running the nine route. And I'm, and I'm hoping that I can box out with my size or if the quarterback can place it high and to the outside, it's going to fall into a place where only I can get it no matter what type of play that the DB does. That's how we've seen Cortland Sutton make so many of these plays against these DBs. He has the size advantage, but he also has the athleticism, the ability to go up for the ball, and he's very aggressive coming down with the ball as well. And he's evolved as a route runner. Now, coming off of an ACL surgery, you're always wondering, hey, can he still do that cutting? Can he still run the dig routes as crisp as he used to. That's going to be a work in progress all throughout the process of his physical therapy and rehab, but he's looking good right now at that Don Joy brace on his knee. So the Broncos need to find a way to place Cortland Sutton Kim Patrick, Noah Fant, I mean, Albert Oak, Wabernum, they need to place these guys in matchups on the outside or even on the inside against smaller guys. And if you can get a defense to roll into that cover zero or cover one, especially if you know a blitz is coming, if I know that a blitz is coming and I see that there's four down linemen, I see that there's maybe a nickel guy that's going to blitz, there's a safety who's playing coverage on the number two receiver, man pressed by the number one. And on the other side, it's press all across the board. And you know that those two inside backers are going to be coming Well, you know what I'm doing? I'm finding the guy that has the sizable advantage, the one on one. I'm saying, hey, I'm taking a shot here. The Broncos, they didn't do that enough last season. They relied a lot on allowing those routes to develop across the middle of the field. And I think that they've got to find a way to do that, because when you have the size and the vertical ability with the sizable guys, it's going to open things up because defenses will tighten up. Like, I don't know how many times we saw Cortland Sutton a couple of years ago. He would face bracket coverage. There'd be a safety over the top and the corner playing press underneath, and that would take away one side of the field. That's where you needed guys like Deshaun Hamilton at the time a couple years ago to step up, but they didn't get that production. Now you've got Tim Patrick who can do that, who has proven to be a reliable target. You've got Jerry Judy who's coming into his second season in the NFL, and then you still have a little bit of an unknown as to what you're going to get with K.J. Hammer, but you know that he's got this big play potential. We saw it against the Carolina Panthers. If K.J. Hamler can stay healthy, the Broncos have so many different options on the offensive side of the ball. It is a quarterback's wet dream. I'm, yes, I'm sorry I'm saying that. It's a crazy visual to think of, but for any quarterback, I'm looking at the personnel, and I'm looking at the guys that I have. And If the offensive line can keep him upright, whoever the quarterback is going to be, if the running back can hold on to the football and take that pressure off the quarterback from having to throw the ball so much – I think that the Broncos offense will take the next step in 2021, but Broncos country, that's just my thoughts alone, based on the research, the film that I watch, and seeing some of the storylines develop and looking at player personnel. Those are the evaluations I make. Now, I want to know what you think. So let me know in the comment section down below here on YouTube, how you think the Broncos can create some more mismatch opportunities this upcoming season on the offensive side of the ball. What would you like to see from the skilled players and how they are utilized? And also let me know on Twitter at NFL at Lockdown Broncos if you're listening to this podcast and your favorite podcast provider. But with that said, I'm Cody Orch, host of the Lockdown Broncos. That will do it for today's episode of the show. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode breaking down all things Devil Broncos related for the team that you root for on Sundays.